0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Smoking Tobacco Show. I'm Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Jonathan M. Carney, as well as my girlfriend, Smoking Nicole. And tonight we have a very special guest with us. We have the legendary, tattooed-covered leader of Tatuaje, Mr. Pete Johnson. Pete, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I, uh... You know what? I didn't realize that, that Carney was on the show like permanently. So like when I saw huh. him post the, the link uh, or the 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 show on Instagram, the, was it last night or the night before? Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Carney's going to be on with me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some people think I'm just playing really nice in the sandbox. They're like, man, you're sharing all this stuff. It's it's great. No, I'm I'm actually physically on the show, and um, it's always it's always a pleasure. So I know where I know Matthew's been really excited, and I have too. I'm in Nicole to have you on. And um, you know, we've had a good relationship over the years. And I, I one of the first things Pete said to me, because there was this uh, stereotype of people that joined La Florida Minnacana that they weren't going to be around. I met him at my very first IPCPR and I found out you were from Maine. And uh, you're like, well, it was nice to meet you, but I probably won't see you next year. And that was nine and a half years ago. So I've made it. <laughs> wow.
0: it, was, yeah, it's amazing it was funny too. How Leading up to the show, he was like, oh, this is great. There's going to be another Mainer on the show with me. And I didn't realize you were originally from Maine. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, Maniac. Um, Actually, my brother and my parents still, and my sister still live up there. They're pretty close to each other within the Gardner, Maine vicinity. But, um, yeah, I was the only one that that got out. (laughs) Casey tried to. Casey actually tried to. And here I got text messages coming into my computer. Could you hear that, by the way? That was really no. irritating. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Before How do you turn the show off? got started, that's
1: what I want to turn him off. That's the problem.
3: Well, you know, I found not
1: sometimes
2: disturb. Is, you know with all the technology we got that's connected to each other when we go live and do a lot of shows. That was one of the big things that, uh, last year when we started quarantine grilling, hacking, gourmet, and the smoking, yeah. uh, smoking, tobacco show is I had people like FaceTime me in the middle of it. And I'm using the same headphones that my that are on my phone that are on the computer, and it and it shuts everything off. And overrides it for facetime and it was so now i have everything shut off now for every show i have this little routine i go through to make sure i can't receive any notifications
1: but well uh, but see, yeah that's we the thing, t- thing is like i want to turn off like i want to turn off the the connected notifications that come to my computer for text messages because the hernandez brothers that are probably somewhere around you right now um just uh Texted me twice to tell me something that I don't need to know right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, since we got Pete on the show, we're all smoking Tatouage tonight. Um, I'm smoking an original Fausto. I think you said this was 2013, 2012.
1: You know what? I can't even remember when Fausto came out. It's so long ago. I think it might have been. I think it might have been earlier than that. Uh, Fausto, I think, was 2011. Maybe 2012. Someone would probably correct me. I have to, you know what I have to do? I said I have to look up on Half Wheel or something to find <laughs> out.
2: Yeah, yeah. If anybody's in the,
1: <laughs> the chat box, let us know when Fausto came out, please. As I can I he could would, do it. It's funny. Pete because Johnson doesn't like, even know when his own own cigars, cigars came out. No, I will tell you. It, it was. It was 2011. <laughs> it was 2011 because I came out with an Avio in the same year. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, oh. so you guys are smoking cigars oh. older than.
4: William
1: Cooper William chimed Cooper. in 2011.
4: Perfect, yeah. Thanks, Coop. I already told you. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know,
1: props to Coop though. <laughs> props for Coop for watching and and jumping in on it. But um, it, it was <laughs> 2011 because it, the smart thing that I did is when I came out with the Avion, which was part of the Fausto line, I numbered them by year. So Avion 11, 12, and 13. So now I know. 2011 <laughs> there you
2: go. so the size i'm smoking is like in between a toro and a churchill it looks like it's about six and a half by about 52 so I, I guess that would be a really um how would you consider that a really traditional toro
1: actually no that's a little skinnier you're smoking the uh the 166 which is a 48 does it, does it feel a little a little thinner yeah. than like a? yeah it does it does i really like the size like, i think i'm smoking the I same exact cigar. cigar. It's a, it's a forty eight. It's it's a short Churchill. It's not your traditional Churchill, but people kind of confuse it with the. We do have a six by fifty in the line also, but then we move up from there to the uh, the six and a half. I like sometimes I like a Churchill that's not as long as your standard, you know, seven forty sevens or seven forty eights. Sometimes that extra finish makes a difference.
2: The one thing I'll say about your cigars, Pete, that I've really enjoyed over the years—I've been smoking for
1: smoking for at least twelve or thirteen
2: years—and um, this was one of the ones that really got me into it because you said when the Avions came out, that was before I got into the business. I really like that size, the box press, the, the figurato shape on that. But you have a lot of—I wouldn't say off sizes, but you have unique sizes that aren't traditional. Like I don't know of a lot of cigars that I've smoked that are that are this ring gauge at that length
3: that's actually a
1: tradition in the cuban handbook uh that's actually a traditional size, mm-hmm. size right. so Hermoso number one or Hermoso number two i can't remember the size but it's it's it, or it resembles one very closely it's in the cuban handbook though
2: yeah it's got a great feel to it i really enjoy it i said i, have, I haven't smoked this for a few years and i picked this one up in uh, arizona at ambassadors from uh, Vartan out there um and there's one that they were holding off you know they got a great stash um, yeah, uh, stuff out there, and uh, so I picked this one up. So it's awesome. I'm really enjoying it, and I think that's what Matthew's talking. Nicole, what did you
1: light up tonight? Um, I, I have the El uh, uh, Triumfador. Triumf- I think I said that right. Maybe wrong. Lance L- 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 yeah, you could. That's how. That's how us gringos say it. Actually, El Triumfador. <laughs> that's me. But, <laughs> that's uh, me. <laughs> but but Cubans, they they would they would well actually, if you want to say it in the Spanish language, it'd be El Triunfador. And if you really want to say it like a Cuban person it's el puro cuarto. So it's a, it's it's
3: really happens.
0: All right. Oh, there goes there goes John's audio.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just like blown in the wind.
0: He has a train that goes by cuz he's at um, Oh he's not, yes, I thought about
3: it.
0: He's not at his normal location. So he's at his special friend's house, and um, there's a train that goes by every like ten minutes while we're on the show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's the uh, Florida special friend. Yeah, special friend. We refer to her as the lady friend. Um, And for those watching at home, we do have an addition at the bottom of the screen today. I have added uh, up the useless puff. Jonathan is now featured on my name pair here. But Pete, what are you smoking? You 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 were telling us earlier,
1: and
3: uh, I'm actually smoking.
1: So like in Miami they found these boxes sitting stashed away forever. And these were the original prototype boxes that I rejected, um, of the pudgy monsters that came out in 20, 2014. The crazy thing is the reason why I rejected it, the box itself was great, but the, the order of the cigars was like out of order completely. So I, I had to like correct them, but they left all these sample boxes in Miami and, and just last year during COVID, they were cleaning and they're like, oh, we found all this cool stuff. So I have this box full of like <laughs> rad, old, random things, including cigars I made for Kevin Jonas's baby. You know, like, weevil. <laughs> so, Pete, you know, oh, so I'm smoking a, guests on
3: the show I'm recently. smoking a
1: Jason from
3: the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Box.
0: So that's uh, a great story to box get there, right? Awesome.
3: What's
1: the cigar? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I forgot that he still had not even told us.
1: <laughs> I did, I did. I'm at Jason from the pudgy from the pudgy box. Well, I thought it
2: was going to be like the White House press secretary, you know, right? we'll get back around to that. You know, we'll, we'll follow we'll back back up back to that. We'll <laughs> circle back to that.
3: We'll have to circle back I actually to that. use
1: that. I used that on someone the other day, uh for an event they wanted to do i go i'll have to circle back to you on that (laughs) (laughs) i i I cracked myself up with it but i don't think they got it
0: (laughs) uh so as i was saying you know we've had a couple of guests on the show as of recently um who have mentioned your name in kind of an interesting way i've had some people talk about how you were kind of Interesting way? Like a good
1: way? Yeah, or, in a good way. A way. Don't, worry,
0: don't worry. No one has said anything negative about P.P. Johnson,
1: alright? Well, there's there's uh, enough of it out there, so you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been around long enough now to have something negative, right? Oh, Jesus. There's too much of it, actually. <laughs>
0: but specifically, uh, one that comes to mind was actually Matt Booth from Room 101, yeah, yeah. who, if I remember correctly, I can't remember, I don't know if I'll, I'll quote him exactly, but he said something along the lines of, um, You know, we were talking about when he got started with his cigar line and kind of how he came into the scene. And he said, you know, well, one of the biggest things was there was a man named, you know, Peter Johnson, who kind of opened the door for smaller people like me to come in and have my brand be known. Because I guess a lot of people have said this to me, too. You were kind of. uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for right now? A revolutionary. Yeah, you,
2: know, you were you were the lead <laughs> on you know you were really the lead on alternative, and he referred to it as alternative lifestyle,
1: uh, um, alternative lifestyle far... brands or branding. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, there were other companies that had came out way before Tatawahe came out, uh, but when Tatooine, there they were boutique brands. But when Tatooine, when I started Tatooine in two thousand three, no one was coming out with new cigar brands, like new cigar companies. People thought I was absolutely crazy. But one thing that Matt didn't tell you, but we talk mm-hmm. about it all the time when we do see each other. When he face, first came into the business, I actually didn't like him.
3: Oh, I, I heard that story.
1: He that. Yeah, oh we, we, we know we that story. Not like, him, <laughs> like to the point where I was like kind of on a on the defense with him as like, I didn't know him. And I I only got like validation because, like, there were friends of ours, mutual friends of ours that were like, no, dude, he's a good guy. And then I hung out with him. I was like, OK, I like the guy. <laughs> we became friends. But I first- was
0: told by uh, I won't mention any names, um, but I was told by someone who was also on the show um, yeah, like I had to tell Matt Booth, like, you need to uh, shut off your filming and go over to that guy over there. His name's Pete Johnson from Tatuaia. And just you need to like introduce yourself because right now he's your enemy and they don't like you. And that's what he did. And then I was told, like, it was like within like a day, like him and like uh, Pete Johnson
1: were best friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, He came over to my office in Los Angeles and we were like. Tight after that, like super quick. Yeah, just I think it was like you know, like I'm i really defensive of this business in general, and I've kind of followed the path of the people that came before me and watched great people rise up in this industry that really deserve it, that worked their asses off, like Lito Gomez, like you know, the Fuente family, like you know, the Garcias. Um, so when I see a new person coming in, I want to make sure that they're not. Slinging shit or selling, you know, false goods to the consumers. I want them 100%. to be dead straight and honest about what they're doing and and also what they're putting into the cigar. Like, don't t- don't try to romance the, the crap out of something when when there's a dozen guys that came out before you that can easily call bullshit on you. Yeah, there, there was a there was a time, uh, Jesus Fuego, another cigar guy. Uh, John knows who he is. We we started like complaining about all these people that were coming into the business. And we're like, and then the, some people were like, their marketing strategies were like all over the place. And they were kind of like being really loose about what the tobacco was and romancing the hell out of it, to make it sound better than it really is. And Jesus and I were like, let's go on a no bullshit tour. We were going to like do like the onion of cigars. We wanted to call everybody's bullshit out. But then I realized that I couldn't because everybody would hate me for. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I just really love the industry and I want people to be, you know, straight with the the people that are paying a lot of money to smoke the cigars. Well, it's interesting you, you won't say get, that, you like, won't get bullshit the... out of Lito Gomez. Like, you won't get bullshit right. out of a guy like that. And it's funny that you kind of
0: bring that up because, it, I mean, it's different for, for us, obviously. You know, you being a brand someone who's putting out the actual cigars well I've, we've had this conversation with some of our peers on like our side of this in terms of you know like the media and like the shows and like there's been a lot of people who've come in and been like i'm you know doing a show or i'm cigar media even like with the trade shows and yeah. they they're just here because they want to be like oh i want to meet pete johnson and do a video with him and like that would be cool and they want a fangirl or they want to go to the trade shows and they just want to get free stuff And then there's the people like us who are like, no, like we're here to be professional and do this the right way. We want to actually, you know, work hard and have a good reputation. And we want to put out good content, you know, good entertainment that people are going to enjoy. Um, It's it's kind of like the same thing. Like I totally can relate to you on that. Um, Validated
1: instantly when you brought Carney into the room.
0: (laughs) My stock went through the roof. It was like GameStop you know, that day when it.
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously, it was it was uh, they were buying low and selling
1: high. Yeah, Demand it was like the was GameStop spike.
3: I'm John actually Carney's a on the show.
1: Nicole's drinking drinking wine, and I don't have anything in front of me, so. <laughs> I
3: have some rosé.
1: I don't know what type, but. No, I mean it's it's one of those things about the industry, for me. Like, don't come in, and be a a, a scam artist. Uh, Tell it like it is, you know, don't, don't tell the people, Oh, I'm using this special wrapper from Jalapa, and it's a Rosado. I'm like, okay, there, you did, you just told me nothing. You told me <laughs> that it's from Jalapa and it's the color of, of, of pink or Rosado. Um, what seed viral is, is it, you know, what priming of the leaf is? I mean, this is all stuff that we can tell people without really giving away too many secrets. It's real yeah. simple. And when they leave out a lot of information, it's almost like they're they're using a lot of words to tell a story that that they just told no story of. <laughs> if you could understand any of that, right. they, they, they add on like ten words past the past the cigar name to romance the hell out of the cigar itself. But they didn't really tell you anything about the cigar.
0: And it's funny because when we had Matt Booth on, I can't remember if like I asked him or someone. Someone in the chat might have asked him. Someone asked him something about like where his cigar was made, and he was like, brah, who fucking cares where it was made? It's a cigar. Smoke it.
2: <laughs> Doesn't matter." Yeah, and then you, and then you, then you called him out. You called him out because you were sitting in your attic and it was like thirty degrees. About the wrapper coming off.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa live whoa, live whoa, on the whoa, air. Whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! That was a joke that he took. Seriously, I think I don't know. It's hard to tell with him
2: sometimes. No, I thought it was. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. But I, you know, it was funny going back to to what Matt was saying, what we were discussing with, you know, I I don't I think the branding of your cigar in terms of the name Tatuaje, your image is as a musician, yeah, Boxer thing, alternative. I, which I is that's alternative, but the brand itself is very traditional. Uh, authentic, traditional. Like the more I've learned about it over the years sizes, shapes, names, bands, and, and, uh, you know, play into a little bit, a bit with that came into your mind where you want to take that alternative, but make it traditional at the same time.
1: Well, I mean, my, my whole first thing is that when I wanted to come out with a cigar brand, I, I wanted to make my own version of a Cuban cigar brand. And I kind of mapped out the book, you know, I looked at the encyclopedia of, of Cuban cigars. I mean, that's part of that's in my head from being in the industry for 28 years, I I love the tradition part of it, and I, I respect the, the the older guys in the industry. But when when someone asked me like, "What are you going to call it?" I go, I, "I don't know yet." Like I and I had a few ideas, a couple tra- very traditional names, and then I I remembered for one brief moment, even though it was part, it was a nickname that people gave me in the industry, and it was part of me. I didn't really think of it as a brand name, and it was Tatawahe. Because people used to call me Tattoo so Pete,
3: the Fuentes
1: and the you know Lido and and the padrones, they would always know. They would always refer to me as Tattoo Pete. I was like, I asked a busboy at the Gran Havana. I said, "What's the what's the Spanish word for tattoo?" And he goes, "Tatu." I go, "There you go. That's my brand name." And the Garcias, when they started making the cigars, Pepin went back to the to Miami, said, "Hey, we're making cigars for this this." kid in Los Angeles, uh he's calling the brand Tatawai, and they're like, What? <laughs> like, who calls a who calls a cigar Tataway? And I walked into the room at the factory a few weeks later and they saw me and they're like, okay, yeah, now we understand. Yeah. That's why he calls it Tataway. But to them, people with tattoos were like in Cuba, people with tattoos are probably people that were in prison. So they right. were a little like I don't know about this yet, uh, but I think they they appreciated my love for tradition, and uh, I just wanted to put my own little flair to it. I was very big into a company called Chrome Hearts at the time, which is a jewelry company. Okay, and I loved I loved their vibe, their style, and it was very rock and roll, which really fit me anyways because I I own Chrome Hearts uh, product, and I decided that I wanted to kind of meld the tradition with you know quality and tradition with that that kind of rock and roll lifestyle which uh, there's no change in me i'm not going to get rid of these things so yeah i mean they're there now <laughs> I mean, they're putting on a suit carney knows me me getting in a suit is not an easy thing i i do rock a suit though like i can look good in them but jeans and a t-shirt was where it's at you know
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's like John's always talking about. um, Actually, did we talk about with Matt? It was the uh, it was the cigar uniform. Do you remember that conversation we had?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get it built in. You build in it to being comfortable. And then you know the discussion was when you have a cigar uniform, you don't have to change. You bring one pair of jeans and maybe one pair of one shirt, and you bring two so you can wear one on the way and then one on the way back so you don't smell disgusting. And you know it's funny. You know the last year. I've been wearing American flag Crocs, American flag stuff and doing the cooking show. And now I've been walking to the shops and I'm like, what, no Crocs? And I was like, wait a
3: minute, I can
2: get away. I can get away with wearing Crocs now because people want to see this. Um, So it's been interesting. But yeah, the cigar
1: uniform is really interesting. Um, I I called it. I I told my accountant that it was wardrobe because to me it was it's no different than John Bon Jovi getting up on stage and singing to 10,000 people. He has. You know, wardrobe that he goes up on stage with. Every time I walk into a cigar store, I need to have black pair, a black pair of jeans, a black t-shirt, maybe a black sweatshirt, and a black pair of shoes. That's my cigar uniform. So when I packed for our tour that we did, our bus tour that we did, I, I literally had ten sets of the exact same thing, and that became my clothing. You know, like that was my my wardrobe.
3: <laughs> it's
1: like,
0: a good way that's to funny. write it. Up. <laughs> because Pete, I mean, your your ads are in like every magazine and whatnot. Everyone kind of knows that that classic ad of you, of Tatuaje, the black and white photo. And yeah, it's like you in all black. You're like the man in black. That's your that's your style, and that's your cigar well, uniform. The uh, the flame <laughs> If you showed up in white, they'd be like, "What the fuck is Pete Johnson doing here?" In all
1: white,
3: <laughs> it makes Yeah, no sense. yeah
1: that's kind of weird. The only time I've, I showed up in white were to like the uh, the the white night parties that they had at the pro cigar festivals. Mm. And, you know, there was like the struggle of like, oh, my God, I don't have anything white. I got to go to the <laughs> store and buy things in white. <laughs> Not easy, by the way. So so the brand being, uh, you know,
2: an alternative brand and then becoming being more traditional in what it is. What cigar over the last I guess you're almost 15 years now. 18. 18. 18 yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. O- over that period of time. What cigar that you produce represents you as a cigar smoker, a cigar maker, and a person the most? What, what one do you uh, relate to the most?
1: I think really it stems, everything stems back to the first one. I mean, the, the traditional Tantua Brown label or the selection de Cazador that we make here in Miami, and we make a few n- newer sizes in Nicaragua, but all the, the originals are still made here in Miami. Um, that's That's where everything stems from, and that's what, we identify the brand behind. Um, And honestly, I know that blend so well that it's one of those things that I can take that and dissect it up or down and get different results and find a new blend out of there. So it's really the root of everything.
0: Now you have gained the reputation of being someone who is one of those brands who just releases all these oddities and unobtainiums and one-offs and special stuff. You like, your your skinny monsters your monsters your all that other that weird stuff that you make that's just cool and it's fun and people like me who love to get into that shit think it's great at what point did you kind of get that idea to be like oh i want to re- i want to release like crazy releases like small quantities limited maybe odd sizes and shapes and names and i feel like a lot of people who know tatuaje like you were saying you know your brown label your brown line was being your traditional line but I feel like you've built this reputation of a lot of people go well. Pete Johnson, Tatuya, they make like crazy stuff. So, at what point do you kind of say I want to be a little different and I want to create these these crazy items?
3: Well,
1: I was I was doing like some small batch projects for individual stores of you know oddities, but they were very traditional and traditional names and traditional packaging. And then in 2007, a buddy of mine, I was in his store. He's actually doesn't exist anymore but it was in boston on uh right off of newberry street it's called gloucester street cigars uh this guy named jose was one of the partners in that store and he he was a big sneakerhead. like you know he was huge in his sneakers i was into sneakers but i didn't collect them i just wore them you know like I, if they were funky i'd buy them and wear them at the time there was a a Store around the corner from Gloucester Street called Johnny Cupcakes, and they were doing limited edition T-shirts. Oh yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought the marketing behind Johnny Cupcakes was amazing, but I I was kind of trying to find something to do, and Jose said you should start something with a theme, like a theme cigar. And I was working on a thing called Rivals, that I never came out with. And fast forward, someone else actually used the name Rivals for a project, but the rivals thing was basically taking all these great sports teams that have rivalries and, and not so much. I was very, very careful with packaging and making sure that I didn't step on trademarks, making sure that that you could tell that it was the Boston Celtics because of the colors on the box. And you could tell it was the Lakers because the colors on the box, but there was no NBA logo and on there, anything it was just going to be the band colors mimicking the brands of, of these great teams. And it was that year that the Celtics and the Lakers actually made it to the finals, and I didn't do the project. So, but Jose is like, you got to do something like with a theme. And I was like, dude, I, I, I don't know. He goes, he goes dude, see, the, Nike's got like these theme cigars that come out. I mean, uh, shoes they come out with all the time. And he pulled out a pair of Frankenstein Nikes and the word monster has gotten in my head i was like there you go and it, within literally an hour i had already mapped out the first monster how it was going to be packaged how many cigars were going to be in the box and that was like the start of my my real nightmare because the monster series became my my own my, my own nightmare it was just one of those things that that caught fire the first year no one wanted it no one cared about it all the other cigar makers that i knew we're like are you crazy you're gonna put cigars in a in a coffin shaped box i go well cigars come in coffins this just happens to look like you know a monster's coffin and the next year that's when it took off completely
0: yeah the um sorry i was nicole had sent me a a note here sorry i got all distracted (laughs) (laughs) the show notes we're trying to follow the show notes john would be proud um (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny is Tatawahe is a brand and I've spoken to you about this privately. Um Tatawahe is a brand that's always been on my radar. And even with my years of, you know, smoking cigars and being involved in it, um Tatawahe is one that I just never really had tackled yet. Um, you know, as I kind of went around and just tried to like absorb everything, and it's it's a newer one for me. Um not that I had never heard of it. I'd known and I'd smoked Tatawahe before, but it's a brand that I'm like really getting myself into now and learning the lines. And one of my local shops is a, is a huge tatawahe uh, retailer and that's, uh, twins. Uh, oh yeah. yeah Kurt. Um, Kurt's a huge Tatawahe guy. And, uh, that's been one of my favorite places to go and really get into Tatuaje because he has, he has such a great collection and there's so many things to learn there. Um, and along my journey, and I know, I, I know that you had just announced, so I guess this is kind of appropriate, but there is a cigar that you had made, um, that I think, you know, was, Previously, a one-off. I remember. He froze. I on.
3: I can see everything.
2: everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you're good. We're freeze? still good, if he, if he freezes for too long, I'll step in. <laughs> did I freeze? Oh uh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. But you're good. right.
2: You're good.
0: So there was a cigar that I read about, and it was called the. the was it the T one hundred one or the T one ten?
1: T one ten. T one ten. It was made originally in 2000. Wow, eight or nine? I know it's been a long time since we've come out with it.
0: And it's a uh, cigar that I've always wanted to try. And because based on that review, it was hailed as, if I remember reading this correctly, it's been a while, but if I remember reading this correctly, and I think Charlie Minato himself actually did this review, and he said it was one of the strongest cigars he had ever smoked and i believe he said he started getting the
1: sweats as he smoked that cigar. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty punchy cigar and actually Fausto is is loose, well it's not loosely based. off. Fausto is based off of, of the T110. But the difference with Fausto is is that the wrapper on Fausto is actually a little higher priming than the T110. And mm-hmm. originally, you know i made the joke, i go i, I made the joke early on to someone that is like it's basically all a Harrow. And someone took that verbatim, but it's not. It's actually all higher-priming tobacco, so high Visos and Ligeros, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not an all-Ligeros cigar. Um, but yeah, you're kind of smoking it with, with the Fausto, but it's there is a slight difference. And you'll, you'll notice you, that when it comes out. I'm yeah. telling you, man, there's, there's, there's still a ton
2: of strength on this cigar. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and for people that talk about front forward spice is being front of the pallet spice is being under fermented which this is a perfect example if it's not um yeah this is just true. front forward spice on the palate. that front two-thirds i'm, I'm surprised after almost nine years of oh, over it, 10 years now practically on this yeah. one that the strength on i mean it's just it's this is a full-bodied cigar right now
1: yeah the the uh you're talking about the underfermented thing. The underfermented thing is a, a classic cheat in the cigar industry. When when people want to fake strength, they just grab a really young leaf and put it inside the blend. And that's how they can kick up the strength levels. But I think when you use, you know, well processed tobacco that's clean, ready to go, it's it's easy to make a gr- a great strong cigar that's that's well balanced because the tobacco is complete.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to uh, derail the conversation Because it is a great <laughs> one But
1: I just realized
0: we do have to hit our news segment Really quick because I was not watching the time um, Our news segment is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars McAuliffe Cigars. If you're not an ambassador you should sign up today Get your tasting passport Go through the whole entire McAuliffe line Including the McAuliffe A Which is one of my personal favorites uh, Send your passport in Join the club, join the fun um, We love our friends over at McAuliffe uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was so, trade shows for this year have been a conversation. They've both been greenlit. There, there go. People are going. Um, and one of the things that came out this week was a list of a bunch of people who were not attending TPE. And kind of on a on a flip side of that, we've also had some conversations. A couple people on the show, some of it you know kind of off the air or whatever, of people who are going to TPE, but for that reason won't be going to PCA, formerly known as IPCPR, um, because of the, the, the gap in between. Uh, John, me and you talked about this a little bit earlier as we were kind of preparing. Well, for yeah, the, the, the
2: most interesting thing this week was, I mean, we the media outlets there, especially on the social side of it, you know, they, they are creating news. Um, so there was an article this week that was put out where there was a list of people who had um, – Confirmed that they were going to TPE, and now we're backing out. And there was others that were added to that list. And I think it's up to about ten people now, um, and that's interesting because that shows in May, uh, which is you know a few months before the PCA show. Uh, but it's still something to note that that there are people backing out of the TPE, and um, you know it'll be interesting to see what's going on there. And I don't know,
1: Pete. If I don't know if you go to TPE or if something well, you've done in the past, we went last year. We went last. Oh, not last year, but the no, twenty nineteen.
3: 2019. 2019.
1: Uh, no, the yeah, 2020. 2020, 2020 was, uh, in the early part of the year. Um, right. Yeah. yeah it was like well, it was, yeah, January, it was like, early February. It was, it was the week before, before the shutdowns. The yeah. It was in January. No, I, I, yeah, it was the week right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, we, we went, uh, we Casey and Dan actually managed the booth. Uh, I actually had to show up for a day because they, they, um, I found out I was getting a, an award, so I had to go. Um, <laughs> but um, we had plans to be at this one also, but we had backed out last year because of what, as soon as they changed the uh, the dates the first time, we're like it's conflicting for us, so we we have to back out. I think the first list that they that Half Wheel had put out was actually talking about the the brands who backed out just this week. Like they were supposed to be going and they literally just backed out. We, in turn, uh, both the Garcias and myself, we, we, I think it was sometime in October or November, we said, yeah, we can't go. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm actually, I, I prefer to support the PCA myself just because I know. I know the work that goes into putting the PCA together, but I also know where uh, a lot of money goes to to help uh, brick and mortar retailers uh, with uh, problems they're having with state legislation and stuff like that. So I prefer to support the organization that's giving back to the industry.
0: Which is interesting because I think it was recently you uh, you made headlines because you donated was it ten thousand dollars to the PCA? just as is a contribution to, to, to fund and they've and they've you know they've been in a tough place there was no trade show for them last year and there yeah. was furloughs and layoffs within that team which is which is tough to see um, but you know with 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 nothing going on last year that, that was really tough for them so it was it was really nice to see people like yourself you know tr- still trying to keep them you know contributing to them and trying to help them you know keep their ship going
1: um, we're trying to trying to come up with as many ideas as possible to to keep the organization moving forward. Uh, I'm glad to see that there's, there's some new board members that are going to be popping back in and or popping on the board that have never served before because now you get more, I, I'm seeing more people getting involved, which is great. Um, honestly, like when I did that contribution, I had plans to give them a contribution with a, a back from a cigar, but the cigar wasn't going to be, ready until mid-year so i i figured you know i'll do something now and then there was another small manufacturer um brand owner eddie terrazona terrazona cigars who stepped up with the same dollar amount contribution and i i every time i'm on one of these things we start the conversation i praise the fact that he did that because you know he's not a big company he's a a small family-owned brand and uh for him to donate that much money was a big deal. Yeah. A lot of respect it, there.
2: It was, and it was, it was kind of, um, you know, it was, I think it was su- surprising to a lot of people and it was, he really put uh you really put his money where his mouth was with it. And it was huge. And I, you know, I think we need more of that. And, yeah. um, and that was huge. Absolutely. And I've, I've, I've always, you know, Eddie's always been a really good guy, but he has a small, almost regional type brand and to, to jump in and do that. And I, I hope, I uh, hope there's retailers that support his brand, support it more and continue to to be behind those types of things. Cause that's, that is a big deal and, and
1: something that's, uh, that's important. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, so the CRA has like this thing uh, that they've always kind of promoted, but I don't think they've promoted it good enough, but they're, they're like, you know, uh, support the brands that support you. And if you look at the, the CRA alone, there's, there's like a good 14 manufacturers that are actually pumping in a lot of money to the organization to pay all the legal bills for the whole industry. Not only are they giving money, but they're, they're giving cigars for these packs that the CRA is selling to raise money just to pay the legal bills for the whole industry. And the crazy part is that these are the companies that don't really need to do it because they have all the, the grandfathered predicate product. They're they're actually paying the bills for the companies that that you know are you know new and just started. And the reality is those new brands that just started in the last four, five, six years that need the support from organizations like the PCA and, and the CRA, they should be kicking in money because I know they're making a lot of money from the industry.
0: So when you attend PCA this year. Do you have? I know, and I know, John. You can probably speak to this too. You know, being with you know a manufacturer. Um, you know, it's 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 there's usually. none I know not everyone does it, but a lot of times people will do exclusives for people who attend the show. you know, specials and whatnot. Are you going to do anything be a little extra special this year? Oh, I can already see him grinning. He already he, he has something up his sleeve. No, that no, 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 no. you <laughs> no, froze. froze.
3: Oh, <laughs> damn it. Are oh, got you got sitting the right,
1: like, very close to your wife or your girlfriend, and, and are you not, like, don't you have, like, the similar Wi-Fi?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're on the same network. It's weird. She, and it it holds perfectly fine. It keeps jumping.
2: Yeah, she, she was in on the joke
0: what it is
1: a laptop so the question i like she's not doing anything but she's sitting back sipping on the rose going oh this is is classic uh
2: do i have what
1: what are your what are your plans
2: for the pca in
1: regards to that you know is it do you you have plans
2: with another cigar with some kickbacks or what's the deal
1: you know john i mean honestly i'm sure i don't well i can't i can only speak for myself and and probably my wife her company um we're going to go very bare bones to the show. Uh, we don't know how it's going to be, obviously, but we're going to go bare bones. And I'm not going to I'm not going to waste the time and popping up my my booth that that you know cost me a ton of money to put up every year. I'm I'm going to take the booth spaces that I have, maybe put down the carpet that we use uh, because it has the branding on it, and then put furniture in in the in the space that we that we have allotted. I'm not going to bother putting up the monstrosity because it doesn't make sense. Not this year. It makes sense moving forward, but not this year. Um, But I do have, I have some things planned. And the the whole key was to have cigars ready for the people that were going to attend the show. Do I believe that there will be a show? I don't know. I'm still on the fence that there will actually be a show, even though they've come out and said, Oh, it's on you got to remember, they have to say that it's on, it's on, it's on, because if they start promoting that we're not having it, and everybody starts going, okay, we're not going to the trade show. If the casino that is supplying the trade show convention floor doesn't do what their job that they're supposed to do, then we have an out. Because the reality is that not everybody wants to travel right now, still. I mean, we're still stuck in this whole mystery world that we're living in (laughs) and uh i think that uh, the attendance is going to be pretty slim uh and i think the tpe is going to be the first test i mean you're already seeing a proof right there that that a bunch of people are bowing out of tpe let's see how many consumers and retailers go to the tpe
2: yeah you know it's going to be really interesting it's going to definitely be a gauge you know we mentioned earlier it really is a different type of show i mean it's a for-profit association uh business putting it on and then you have a non-profit association pca um and even you know even with the pca going on i mean tp is going to be an idea because you're going to get to have some logistical stuff to see how the casinos work and whatnot um but won't things won't be much different in july uh you know there'll be more people vaccinated and whatnot but there's still going to be restrictions Uh, but i'm in the same boat um you know we're looking internally how do we how do we go to this show and scale it back to the point where it's financially makes sense for us. We can still support what's going on and make the focus on the product and then see where it goes from there. Um, and everyone's got to be in the same boat. Um, you know, it's, it's,
1: I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I I think everybody's thinking about that, you know, like, okay, we're going to go if, uh, if they have it, we're going. But will, will we all be there? No, we're going to bring a, a skeleton crew uh, with us and uh, have a, a, you know, streamlined booth situation. And we're, we're going to be there to sell cigars to the people that, that show up. And uh, we have stuff that's special for that purpose. So we have things already ready to go for that purpose.
0: Now, do you guys feel, in your opinion, that it's more people are just skeptical? Or do you feel that there's more people who would rather go to one show versus the other because of the, the scheduling being so close together? Uh, do you feel that there's still a lot of people who are like, well, like manufacturers and some of your peers who are like, well, I'd rather be going to the PCA show. If, you know, if if going to both doesn't make sense, I'd rather put my eggs into the to the cigar show versus the tobacco show.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the people I've talked to have been more in the thought process of like I'm going to go to the latter one because if there is still restrictions or you know, any fear of traveling, I would rather rather wait to see how the world is working, you know, four months from now instead of two months from now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd mean, say been it's co- entirely
2: more skepticism rather than one or the other. Um, You know, we've talked quite a bit about that. I I think it's just sheer skepticism. It's a matter of where are we going to be? Am I comfortable traveling? And what's the situation going to be? And it's not just comfort in terms of the virus. In my opinion, it's comfort in terms of am I going to be inconvenienced when I get there because of restrictions on air travel or the hotels, check-in process, restaurants, bars, smoking. Um, You know, I think it's a lot of that. It's an uphill battle for an association to try to fight. Um, especially in a time where they were challenged prior to COVID. Then you miss the entire yeah. 2020 year and fundraising schedule. And, and then you got this coming up. So, um, you know, I think there's something to take from it. I think that PCA show maybe needs to scale back a little bit in 2022, yeah. um, you know, with that scale back and then you grow, you know, continue to grow up from there. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's just sheer skepticism
1: rather than one or the other. I think, you know, this is just a personal opinion, but I, I, I've always looked at the PCA as like, okay, they, they tried to get, you know, they, they got too big. And you probably agree with this. They got too big to the point of like, they should have put restrictions on booth sizes a long time ago. And, you know, when you have a one company that goes in and takes 100 booth spaces, if they leave the show, that's a lot of empty space on the show floor, right? So they, they should have said a long time ago, this is a comfort zone that we should stay to and not not be bit into this whole thing of like, oh, you got to let me buy, you know, 200 boost pieces. No, okay, they, they want to sell boosts, right? But I think it's important for them to kind of stay at a certain level and be more focused and concentrated instead of trying to get too grandiose. That's why I, I would love to see a trade show in Tampa. I mean... It's Cigar Town right there. Everybody would be happy. A lot of the manufacturers and brand owners that live in Florida would love it. Um, You have a few great cigar families that that are up there already. We had a Tampa trade show years ago. It was okay. uh, Back in 2001. Um, But uh, I think it's, it's a way for the industry to scale down. And we could probably do it at a different time of the year, too. January in Tampa would be awesome. Let's skip this year and just focus on January in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like that. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting,
2: you know, you mentioned like the size of the show and I've always broken it down. It's, I said, it's very simple. Um, we're a arena industry trying to put on a show for, for, a, for a, a stadium. Uh, um, yeah. you know, I, you know, like we're, we're not, we're not the rolling stones. Um, you know, so I, I've sat there and said, I go to other shows. Like I go to the National Restaurant Association show. I used to go every year when my dad was on the board there. Coca-Cola doesn't have a booth the size of the top five booths at our trade show. Coke. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if they don't need a booth that big and they don't need a show that big. Now, they, they, it's a different. You know, they're they're in everybody else's booths too because they're huge. But, uh, you know, we're just too big. We're not We're not the Rolling Stones. You know, we're not Coca-Cola. Um you know, that, that company by itself is bigger than our entire industry. So I've, I've always, you know, I've always been. Oh, that I, I know that. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
2: But I guess that's our news segment, right?
1: Yeah. Segment. Oh, we were talking about news just there. I had no idea. <laughs>
0: that's just how it goes. <laughs> See, the topics we come up and then we just.
1: The yep. We were talking
2: this afternoon before the show and I said, um, I go for the news segment. We should talk about the TPE uh, announcements this week and the PCA, uh, portal that they have, the, the members portal. And I said, I go trust me, when we bring up one of these two things, we will get Pete to talk
1: about this and be part of the news segment <laughs> with us. <laughs> OK, so
2: can we talk about the portal? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah let's absolutely. talk about the portal. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I, I, I think it's a great idea, but I think it was reported on incorrectly. OK. What, what, uh, what they're trying to do is offer. The whole goal is to drive people to the PCA's website, to drive members to the PCA's website, mm-hmm. So they can be aware of new things that are happening, maybe state legislation that's coming up, you know, educate, educate the retailers as best as possible. So I've talked with them a lot about this and I I was like, let's put cigars up there. You're not selling them. You're just, you're just taking orders for us. And in turn, you're going to pass those orders to us and we're going to ship them and we're going to sell the product to the retailers. And then, as a as that service that you're offering, we're going to give you some money back for doing that for us. But the great part about it, you just drove a lot of people one to be members of the PCA, and two, you drove people to your website, and that's the most important thing. So I think it's a great a great idea, a great platform. I think uh, you know any any manufacturer if they want to put a product up there, they can. Um, as long as they're a good standing member of the PCA, and uh, as long as uh, they're willing to, like, you know, basically give the PCA commission for taking an order. That's how I look at it. It's PCA, the PCA is going to get a commission for taking the order for us. That, for yeah. me, it's going to be on product that's kind of, you know, small batch. That way it's, it becomes kind of very similar to the, the TA exclusive series. Have you noticed this year? I didn't come out with a TAA exclusive. I'm not doing one because of my focus is on the PCA and the CRA. Right.
0: And John, I think are you are you guys doing a TAA?
2: Or a... yeah, we're doing we're doing exclusive this year, but it was ours from last year. Uh, okay. We never released the 2020 version, so we pushed that to 2021. Um, but yeah, I like the members. I like the members portal. Um, I think it's a great idea. It's a driving traffic to the website. Um, I, I've been. Watching a lot of discussion online, as I'm sure you've seen some of it too, Pete, where people are like, "Oh, you know, this is a brick and mortar, and now they're promoting this online thing." No, they're they're promoting their members to be accessing products through a portal, which is essentially utilizing technology. And I think that's an area that the PCA needs to improve on. That that's not been an area
1: where there's been a lot of access for membership Dude. Uh, communication all,
3: communication
1: from from all of our organizations in our industry has been horrible to the
3: consumers
1: and to the uh, retailers. It's just horrible, and we we need to work that. We need to work on that, and the PCA for sure needs to work on it. And the CRA is doing the same thing. We're working on a whole new website for the for the CRA.
3: So it's
1: it's really important to educate your your foundation
2: huge and i think that's the best way to do it when you can have instant access whether it's the product information uh whatever it may be uh so I, I didn't see that as a on on an online thing and you know one thing we did see last year and i've said this publicly to people that were on the pca board uh, we we found out last year how irrelevant the pca show was i'm not talking yeah. about the organization just the show the itself. show yeah yeah so you know maybe that's a sign of you know maybe you need to utilize some technology to get information out there and have other resources when we can't necessarily do these net these necessarily these
1: large shows so you scale things back and scale things up in other areas to benefit and go with the times so um, i think i think it's important for the organization to to work harder to benefit their members and whether it's a manufacturing member or you know or a retail member they need to have a porthole that, that people can go into and literally, find out all the answers they need to navigate through this FDA stuff. I mean, for the longest time, I've been like trying to figure out okay, how 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 can we find out information on this? So you go to the FDA website and you can't really understand anything the FDA is talking about, but if it came from our organization and said, "Hey, you can click here and you can find out everything you need to do to navigate your way through this this trying time that we're having with the FDA, it would have made me feel more comfortable as a member and want to be more active and more, you know, participating in the whole thing a lot more by seeing that they're working hard to protect us.
0: So Michael Herklotz is actually watching along with us and he actually just commented, uh, which I think is important to kind of bring up. PCA is a trade association, not a trade show. Lots of work to do. To fix this identity crisis. Yes.
2: Yes. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we've been talking on the organization's very important. The show has become the crux. Um yeah. You know, the crutch that, that we've been carrying around. You know, it's it's kind of the flat tire. Um. And I, I, I think that's huge. And saying the communications where the trade organization comes in hundred well, percent. Well, on that, that note, i I'd like to. I'd like to-
1: Wow, yeah, I'm wearing a T-shirt right now. It's, uh, Sorry. <laughs> it's it's actually, you know, the Saints and Sinners Club started, um, wow, 10 years ago. We're on our 11th year now. And uh, we open memberships sometime around May, June for new members. We close it during the time. We open it for like a month and then close it for the year. That way it, it gives us time to prepare member kits and, and the swag that we do for the members. The cool thing... For the last two years, I went straight to my members or our members of Saints and Sinners and said, I'm going to charge you $25 extra a year, but I'm going to send you a two-pack of special cigars that are made exclusively for you, but all that money that we've raised from that portion, we're going to give it to the CRA from Tataway and Saints and Sinners. We're going to give it to the CRA. And in the last two years, we've donated $60,000, over $60,000 to the, the CRA uh, to help uh, pay the legal bills that need to be paid uh, to a very expensive lawyer. So it's, it's become a thing. Like the, the members are super generous. Aside from that, the membership, um, regardless of race, religion, and gender, I always say there's no gender to cigars. Cigars are you know, for everybody. So you can't label a cigar for, for women or men. They're for everybody. Right. But the Great part about the club is that when a member is down, when a member is hurting, there's a group, there's a big group in that, in that organ, in our group in our membership that goes to help them. And they're very charitable. They're, they're very, uh, very into the whole charity part of the, the organization. And, uh, I I love it. I mean, it it turned into something different. It was an avenue to promote the brands, and it turned into... Like, I don't know. It it turned into more, which I was really happy about.
0: Yeah, we first heard about it. From what I understand, Saints and Sinners Club is pretty exclusive to get into as well. Well, Um, we,
3: we
1: allow members to refer another member. The problem is... (laughs) <laughs> i just talked about how great with the charity aspect of what the members are and how giving they are they don't want to give away their referrals <laughs> <laughs> well so
0: there's a shop around here um that we shop at and there's that we have a friend there and he he's a part of the club and he was telling us like yeah like i would totally refer you guys but like i already used my referral and he's like it was, we only get like one or whatever and well, they get i get one like, a year one yeah, one a year, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah." He goes, "It's a pretty exclusive group." And we was like, "Well, Pete's coming on the show," and he's like, "Well, you should ask Pete about membership." In the Saints' because I, 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 I can send
1: you a referral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the whole thing. Every year, every year, people are complaining on social media, Facebook, wherever. I can't get into the club. I'm like, "Did did no one give you a referral?" He goes, "No, I can't. I can't find anybody that wants to give me a referral." And I always send him a private message, hey Send me your email address. I'll have the guys from the office send you a referral. So, <laughs> I mean, we're not trying to keep people out. We just want to have the right people in. Right. Yeah. It's funny because
0: even, uh, you know, we were talking about Matt Booth earlier and he has his own kind of secret club too with the Shadow Army. And, the Shadow, um,
4: yeah. soldier.
0: <laughs> yeah. My later that I just go. Yeah. So, it's, it, so it's funny because I was like, oh, I'm like, and, kind of before I heard about Saints and Sinners, I, I that had just kind of come on my radar and we were talking to him about it and he was like, Oh yeah, the Shadow Army and he was very vague on it. And as you know, he likes to speak, which is <laughs> half the fun of talking to Matt Booth. Um, and then we were like then we found out, oh well Pete Johnson has a club too, the Saints and Sinners Club. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He goes, it's pretty pretty exclusive. <laughs> um so I, I yeah, th-
1: we, we have sixteen I think we have close to seventeen hundred members now.
2: Pete, hey, what now, year is this? What year is this to the Saints and Sinners? It's been going on for quite a while now.
1: Yeah, dude, uh, we, we're in our 11th year.
2: So,
0: now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe I heard it correctly. Originally, when you came up with the concept, it was supposed to be just a very small group, and then it turned into just being more and more and more. But it was originally intended to be very, very small.
1: It, it was intended to be small, and then we started. Well, originally when we started, was, you know, we had I don't know three, four hundred members, um, and we said, you know, we thought to ourselves, like, we should probably cap it at a certain number, but every year when we would watch trying people trying to get in, and it was just more and more and more, and we're like, I don't it's like, we're not, our people aren't in the business of disappointing people. Like, <laughs> you don't want to disappoint people, um, so we we opened it up, but we we did it. With the referral process, it actually works great because it usually is someone that wants to get in and they have a friend that's in, they get the referral from the friend. But I'm always very easy to give the referrals.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And like I said uh, before, you know, our, our, our friend at our local shop was like, <clears throat> yeah, I can't refer you, but I mean, uh, if you're going to have heat on the show, I mean, that would be the person to ask. So I was like, <laughs> okay, um. <laughs> so it was funny that it came up. Are you
2: are you uh, are you low key asking for a referral, Matthew? No.
0: <laughs> no, no, just I was just told to bring it up. I, I took
1: some advice, and that's what I did. You know, I, I like. Well, to sometime advice. sometime in May, send me a, a private message on Facebook with your email addresses, and I'll send them off to the guys at the office to to send you a link. Oh, well, I appreciate that. That's Thank it. you very much.
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: I'm lucky. I have unlimited referrals. Yeah, but it's, it's funny because we track everybody. Though this, here's the key: we track all the referrals. So if there ends up being a member that ends up being a problem, we find out. We were able to find out who referred them. So far, I've, I, I have a pretty good record. I have no no bad people that I've referred. So
0: so there's no bad eggs. That's good.
3: No
1: um, bad egg. We, oh, There's uh, a lot of bad, there's a few bad eggs in the club, but they weren't referred by me. So I'm just saying
0: that the, um, what was I going to say? Uh, it, actually, John, I was going to ask you, cause it looks like you're a little bit further along. You're, you're actually pretty close to the end of that scar. How's that scar burning on you?
2: It's been perfect. It's been really, really good. Um, it, it's, uh, it's burned perfect. The flavor on it's been awesome. I, uh, that's really good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I, I, Churchill is always my favorite size um for longer cigars uh so i really like this this six uh, six and whatever the the short churchill essentially but not i guess the short churchill is what people call the short little 48 but i mean this is a shorter churchill No, it's very yeah it's it's
1: weird because the word short churchill had no rhyme or reason of what size it was um the the first time i ever heard the word short churchill was actually applied to a robusto uh out of cuba Um, an old brand called Florida Cano and they had a short Churchill and it was a Robusto. I don't know why they called it that, but, uh, whatever. Right. I actually came out with a, a short Churchill based off of the longer Churchill we make in Miami. And it's, it's like a four and three quarter version of the seven inch one.
0: Pete, when you, um, when you got into cigars, Uh, The the manufacturers that we started touching on, and you kind of touched on this a little bit here and there.
1: Let me let me touch on one thing before you say anything. Yeah, I Um. don't manufacture anything. I have I I'm a a brand owner that has a a vision and idea of what I need and what I want in cigars, and I put together blends that the Garcia family puts together for me, and they manufacture. I, I don't do the work that, that uh, they do, and I don't do the work that Lito Gomez does or you know any of these guys that actually are in the factory every day. I'm in the factory a lot, but those are the guys that should take a lot of the praise because they're the ones day e- after day working their asses off to make sure that my vision becomes a reality.
0: Did I say many? Fa- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to put you no, in that no.
2: <laughs> uh, so, no, hey. you know it, it's a big it's big that you say that pete and you've always been real humble about that um and i think that's you know you're very much hands-on even uh, more than any other brand owner or somebody blending you you actually do work blends you try the tobacco you, tobacco you know what you're doing and you know and they really do see your vision but i i will say one of the more irritating things that's out there and i'm sure it bothers you too as you brought it up We'll go to multi vendor events and they'll be like, We want to thank all the manufacturers that were here today. And I'm looking around and I'm like, There's like three. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that you, being the size you are as a brand owner on a blender, and as you say that, I mean, that's that's a really reputable thing. And I think it's something that people need to recognize that the humbleness coming from you in that regard, because it would be very easy for you. Uh, to be say, hey, you know, I'm we're a manufacturer, this and that, and I'm sure the Garcias would be supportive of you in that. And you don't, and you have the opportunity, to that, and you're you're just as qualified as many of those, uh, almost all of them are. So, I think that's they a really nice me, thing and very humbling.
1: Yeah, well, they give me a lot of freedom. Uh, so, like, it's not it's not my building, but they let me walk through it like I own it. Um, so, I I don't even work with Jaime and Pepin most of the time. I work with the the chief of production. And I go straight to him to get the tobaccos that I need and and the blend that I want to put together. Um, it's a fine line that I I don't cross over because again it's still not my place, but they let me they let me play in that playground. Jaime has a good saying that you know he doesn't he doesn't uh, he didn't come to this industry to to play, he came to make history. And I always joke that I come down here to play, you
3: know. <laughs>
0: Well, freeze. Did I freeze? Uh, I saw Pete freeze, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs>
1: I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right now, it's showing that I have full, full signal, but I, I think I'm gonna get a hub and plug a Ethernet cable in next time.
0: Yeah. I don't case. know. Those old MacBooks still get you. You know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs>
0: what yeah, I was, was what I, well, to, what I was gonna say before to was. What I was going to say before was when you got into the industry, um, I know that you're on record of saying that you had a huge influence, um, and it kind of goes with your, you were saying a little bit before, uh, you had a huge influence in like that classic Cuban cigar kind of vibe. And that was kind of like what you wanted. There he is. Yeah, I know. I was 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 sneezing. sneezing. Oh, you didn't didn't want to share that with, with us? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. That would have been good entertainment. Wouldn't have been the first time. Like that soap review you did outside. Mm. When you must have that was a special, like three times. That was a special moment. You were also. I think you were kind of half in the bag on the wine that night oh, too. I, but yeah, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, he had a sneeze attack. I remember that. He was. He couldn't even get through that soap review. <laughs> <It was horrible. laughs> and you also robbed. You also robbed Pete of a soap review tonight. I'm yeah, very disappointed. Yeah. Out of all the people, I mean, he's he's a guy who would have loved that. Well, I, now I was
1: interested. I was super interested because I didn't know this was a thing. So, <laughs> so
2: so you know, the reason I didn't do a soap review is because we're we were fortunate to have you on here, and I didn't want to take away. I didn't want to take away from what we were doing. So you haven't had a soap review. Cynthia Fuente didn't get a soap review. We did. We did hit Nick Perdomo with one though. Yeah, um, really. But we had we had Nick on for like two hours, practically. I mean, that was before we we, we had unlimited time at that point in time. We we just would go forever. Um, so I did hit Nick Perdomo with a soap review. Uh, but no, I, I mean, respect for time. I wanted to, you know, didn't want to make it about the soap. But, you know, we, we can do a special one for you sometime. We'll dedicate it to you.
1: All right. Perfect.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll write that down. It'll be dedicated for Pete. And we'll make sure we, we get that to you. Well,
4: you got Not um, today. So you could have done it.
0: I did. I actually did. I did get a, a good bar so soap. It was Kiehl's. It was a scrubbing bar. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> um, why
2: we, that's why we didn't do the soap review tonight.
0: Yeah. It was funny. I love when we, it.
2: I love when it. Matt,
0: Matt Booth got it, and Matt Booth saw it, and then he was like, oh, hold on, and he like ran to his guest bathroom, and he grabbed his own soap. <laughs> I forget what it was. was it wasn't uh, a... It was something about your haters. Yeah, it was like yeah, to it was wash. Like it, was like, it was like it was like a, It was a, It was like the. It was actually called like the hater's Soap, and it was like to wash the hate away. And he like read the whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he's like, I keep it in my guest bathroom, so if there's any hate, they can wash oh, it uh, off during uh, my heard house.
4: Lot said he didn't get a soap review
0: <laughs> Oh shit, that's
4: right. <laughs> well, Carney, well,
2: to be fair, well, to, well, be fair to, to be fair, that episode. <laughs> that was that episode was the road to the Super Bowl. Um, you yeah. know, and that was our traveling oh. episode. That was us in route to the Super Bowl, smoking tobacco on its way to the Super Bowl. Um, so, no, he didn't get a soap view.
1: I, he could one super if we Bowl.
2: thought on a little earlier. How about that Tom Brady, huh?
1: Oh, beautiful. beautiful. I mean, perfect there's, a, there's a lot of people in New England that, that hate the fact that he, he got it, but I love it.
2: I, don't I mean, it's it. a perfect time to get into our sports segment by Nova Cigars.
0: <laughs> Actually, yeah, <laughs> it is. That was a so, great segue. A segue. Look at that. we so, pe- pe- he brought
2: us right into it. So yeah, Tom Brady was great. We're not going to get too into sports today, but we're going to make Nova big, right? Hashtag make Nova big. Yep. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady. I, I the funniest thing I saw today was a great meme, and this is where I'll leave it with sports. But it was a great meme. It says now with the new seventeen game season, Tom Brady's going to stay in the league for another fifteen years to make sure nobody breaks any of his records. Um, which I wouldn't put it past. And the guy's going to play till he's fifty, easily. It's crazy.
0: Actually, so we'll we'll ask you since since we're here. Um, yeah. You've lived in LA. You live in Miami. You're from Maine. Yeah. So what teams do you follow?
1: Okay, the Red Sox, obviously. Okay. Right Red answer. Sox, obviously,
0: that's the right um, answer.
1: I'm, and but you got to remember, I live in a Cuban household where everybody is a Yankee fan. Oh. And you you know the you know the whole root of uh, the why why Cuban people love the Yankees. Why? Because Fidel Castro and his regime told them they were supposed to hate Americans, the Yankees. They were supposed to hate the Yankees. So the Yankee team was became their love. So that's why so many Cubans love the Yankees. So I, I have a comment well, like about the Red
0: Sox.
1: Yeah, that was their, their <laughs> secret way of uh, you know sticking it to Castro. Um,
0: our, our resident Cuban in the chat helped to chime in um even though he's from California Orlando the shout out to you happy birthday by the way but is this true is
1: uh is this true and is is
0: Orlando a Yankees fan
4: I don't think I don't he think is he... but I wanted to chime in He uh,
1: might live... be at Dodgers the, the, Dodgers were also another team that the Cuban people followed
3: mm. well, well, Okay
4: I lived in England for 7 years and uh, my mother's originally Irish and Irish people love the Red Sox and British people just took on loving the Yankees in, you know, in fight with Ireland, (laughs) essentially. So if you go there, you're like, why the hell is everyone like Red Sox, Yankees? They don't actually watch it, but they'll wear the gear. And you're just all confused.
1: Yeah. So sports, uh, Red Sox. Um, I was a Celtics fan when I grew up. Um, Obviously huge uh, John Havlicek fan, you know, old Celtics, Larry Bird. And then when I moved to L.A., I became a Laker fan when Dennis Rodman joined the Lakers briefly. Because I was following Dennis Rodman's career, and I was a Bulls fan,
3: and then became a
1: Laker fan because of Rodman. And then I became a Kobe fan and a Shaq fan.
3: And I, when
1: LeBron James joined the L.A. Lakers, I instantly became an anti-Laker fan.
0: Interesting. Because <laughs> I,
1: I can't stand LeBron James. Um, I'm in that boat with you too. I'll give that to I'm you. I'm not. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm. I need that soap that Matt Booth has to wash away the hate. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I just don't like LeBron James. Um, but I, I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I was a Patriots fan. Why can't you be? And then as soon as I, but uh, you know, Brady, dude, you got to love, you got to love Brady. So I, I was very happy when Tampa Bay won. Um, hockey obviously the i grew up uh in maine so obviously the bruins but then we also had a a uh, team called the Maine mariners which was the farm team for the flyers so i was a little bit of a flyers fan and then the new jersey devils because all of my relatives were from jersey blackhawks of course you know hockey is all over the place because it's a fun sport i don't watch it a lot but uh Man, I had a a purple and gold Kings jersey when I was a kid. Where did that come from? I don't know. But I I used to love it. So hockey was all over the place. I just loved loved the sport, but I I could never play it. i was good at street hockey.
0: That was probably one of the best, if not the best, response to that question I think we've had on the show from our guest. Probably because it hit a lot of the right notes. But maybe we're just being biased here. But... That was definitely a, a, a good well, response. I,
1: I will I will say that I, I I tend to you know pick a team that uh, that's doing well and I'll go <laughs> if they make it to the Super Bowl I'm going to root for them or if they make it to the you know the World Series I'm going to root for them um, unless it's the Yankees yeah like, I just no. will not Get root in. for the Yankees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I just like watching good like I like watching the best at their sport be the best um so it's fun to watch you know it's fun to watch teams be good like i've been watching the dallas mavericks recently because they got that guy luka Doncic. Uh, Yeah, he's just really fun to watch he's like 22 years old and guy's a stud so like i i I tend to find myself rooting for him he's like i like to see people who are great at things be successful it's fun to watch success i don't get i don't get too uh too uptight about people being successful or
1: jealous it's fun I became a, a Mavericks fan because I I didn't want LeBron James to win a championship.
3: Like, <laughs> things like that.
1: I mean, I guess that's a good reason.
3: I'll, I'll, All right, I'll, there's, a,
1: there's a few petty reasons why I follow a team. You know? <laughs> it usually has to do with hate for another team. Yeah, yeah and recently, the last 20 years, LeBron
2: James. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I just, I just couldn't stand. Like, is LeBron James a good basketball player? Yes, obviously yeah, he has success, like you know, on paper. But do I, do I like his attitude? And do I like? Uh, nah, he's he's always annoyed me. And I know there's people who love him, but I'm not one of those people.
1: I, I'm not one of those people. I, I'll, I'll keep Kobe over him every day of the week, and uh, Michael Jordan. Who can't like Michael Jordan? I mean. Uh, that's he's a the, whole another conversation. He's the goat. <laughs> you, you can't give, you can't give LeBron the goat status. Michael Jordan's the goat. Tom Brady's the goat. That's oh, here's an, another one. Mahomes, great football player, amazing football player. I was actually hoping, want him going up against Brady. I was happy that Brady took him to school, but I was also that Mahomes, the new kid, would come in and beat Brady, but that was also my pet peeve with this whole Super Bowl. People were like, oh, if he beat Brady. He I go, no. He's not even supposed to be at that great status and that level. Just because he won you know, two Super Bowls, you know, or he won one Super Bowl, maybe a second one, doesn't make him better than Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, puts him one sixth of the way there. Now <laughs> yeah. one seventh. Uh, So it's interesting to watch it. But, yeah, I I like watching great stuff. And, um, you know, the thing with LeBron, I think we've talked about this on the show, and I've said it a couple times, you know, LeBron's played in an era where we get to hear his opinions and points of view almost instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Jordan, you know, Jordan and Bird, look at those two guys. They were egos, probably bigger than LeBron's, but we never got to hear their opinions. It was always in traditional media, traditional interviews. Yeah. And um, it was really easy to deflect that. But like after a game, LeBron does an interview, and then he goes on Twitter. Um, you know, and he gives an opinion about everything. And, and you know, and it, it's just a really different dy- dynamic. And there's a lot more pol- uh, polarizing polls um, on these athletes nowadays, where I think if it was 30, 40 years ago when LeBron was playing, probably, like, oh, man, LeBron, may- LeBron's the best ever, man. This guy's great. But then we get to hear his opinions, and you form a personal view on, you know, his arrogance or whatever it may be political points of view is all sorts of different things. Um, you know, where, with a guy like Jordan, you know, you never really got to hear that. And I think he's generally a little bit more guarded, uh, with his personal opinions and views too, because he's at an entirely different level.
1: But you look at these athletes,
2: we get to hear their opinions all the time.
1: (laughs) Jordan always stayed away from it though. He's Mm -hmm. like, I play basketball. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Not a politician. I'm, you know, not a, you know, Whatever an evangelist of any kind like I, I play mm-hmm. ball and I'm going to talk to you about but I'm not going to talk to you about politics because it's not what I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to respect that because I mean, listen, man, I'm talking about sports and I don't, I don't play, I don't play sports anymore. So I shouldn't be talking either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, you're hundred percent right. We know,
2: like I know LeBron James opinion on religion, uh, sports, sports, politics, movies, music. I mean, I don't know any of that about Michael Jordan. I don't know any about that about Larry Bird. And I can know the way that LeBron James felt tonight at 8.15 because I can go read a tweet that he wrote. Um, I mean, that's a really polarizing view. And same thing for us. You know, people get access to us and have a preconceived notion about Pete Johnson or this person or that. Uh, So it's just we just live in a more polarizing type uh, experience because you get to see everybody
1: interact uh, in real time. i I tell you, man, when I was a little bit more active on social media in my earlier days, like on Twitter, because that's where it started for me, I might have said some things that were pretty polarizing to people that people are like, oh, you know, screw this guy. And and probably stuff I shouldn't have been talking about anyways, because it's it's not I'm not really well educated about those things I I might have made an opinion on. So I just stay out of it now, because at the end of the day, I just want to. Make cigars and uh, have people enjoy them. Yeah, I think it's wise. Well, well, I can give you, I can share
0: with you one of my opinions. Not to go off topic, but this is a. Are you looking to piss point. some
2: people off? Let me give you an opinion.
0: Let me give you an opinion. Um, here's an opinion for you right here. Um, I smoke cigars. That's what I like to do. Uh, but I also help people.
4: <laughs> Great segue. <laughs>
0: I just uh, sorry I had to look at Nicole just like break. I'm getting to it. Don't don't ruin don't ruin the segue. Come on, Ruin the flow here. My own my <laughs> own teammate ruining the flow. Uh, no, you've probably seen the shirts. I got one on tonight. I know some people have posted them online. A lot of them have been going out. Um, I wanted to hit on this. We haven't talked about it on social media in the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, we've been we've been tied up with a bunch of things. So. I kind of want to bring this up because it's important to us. Our one-year anniversary of the Smoke and Tobacco Show is coming up. uh, April 30th. Uh, uh, For those who were there in the beginning, you remember the tragedy that was, the May Day Massacre. Uh, If you weren't there... Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The video does exist uh, online, but it's hard to find. And we hope to keep it that way. Um, but we wanted to celebrate and we didn't want to just make it about ourselves. We wanted to do it about someone else too. So we have partnered up with Scar family charitable foundation, uh, the Pointe Newman families, and we are currently running our fundraiser. All the items on the smoke and tobacco store uh, that we sell uh, now through April 30th, all of the proceeds are going to go to scar family charitable foundation. Nice. Uh, um, no, not just not just like this shirt that we you know we made this and a couple of the designs you know there were charity related, but all of the items um, we're not taking any anything from from any of it. It'll, um, we're going to raffle through that, which we're going to be announcing very soon. We I think we have all the items so far. People have um, have been throwing items in for us to raffle off. You know, Castle Cuevas has has thrown some things in. Um, we have um, I love the I love Caliph nova we have some lfd stuff that we're putting in there we're going to put some some bourbon in there we're going to do some samplers of of each of our cigars that we like from our personal collection we're going to put like good you know some some really cool stuff uh we're going to put in there as well and um we're also going to be releasing i think nicole might we're releasing that tomorrow is that live now or is
4: It's not finished (laughs) quite yet, but it will be live tomorrow. It's the list of everything that we're going to be raffling off aside from – I already know there's a couple of things that are missing from that list but we will be selling five dollar raffle tickets so pretty much every item that you buy from our website gets you a raffle ticket if you've already participated and bought things since we announced um our charity um, fundraiser you will get a raffle ticket for each of those items that you purchased but we are going to be selling raffle tickets separately um so that you can win some of these many wonderful prizes so and help a good cost. yeah
0: yeah, and it's all it's all to raise money for a good cause. Uh, everyone who's already ordered, there's been a bunch of orders already. Thank you very much. Uh, we we appreciate it. Uh, we know the the Fuente Newman family is appreciate it. The the kids, you know, who this money goes to down in the Dominican, we know they will appreciate it. Um, you know, we we're really excited to be doing something like this. And and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, when I first started, you know, getting into uh, my own corner of the the cigar industry here. Um, you know, through my platform, I always said, you know, if I was able to have a platform to connect with people and I had an audience, I want to use that power for good. And I also wanted to use that power to give back to people. So this is something that's always been on the, always on the book, always in the plan. I just wanted to wait till the right time to, to that attempt at it. And I think that this is a good time. And so far it's been, it's been going good. Uh, we have high hopes for the rest of the month. It's I think it's gonna really take off in the next couple of weeks as we you know, as we really get into it. We kind of we kind of soft launched it, uh, if you will. Now we're we're really into it now. So, again, guys, thank you very much for those who already have, and you know if you're interested and you're looking to get into that, you can head to the website at smokintobacco.com. That's s m o k i n t a b a c c o, not t o. Uh, dot com and you can find all of the items on our store page as well as the raffle tickets that will be will be live tomorrow um if you you know in case you know you don't want any items but you do want to you want to give in donate or you want to you know you want to be a part of that raffle um it still all goes to a good cause so i just want to remind everyone about that and show off some of the cool shirts that nicole designed
4: (laughs) i did design that but it's i like
1: that i I like the shirt you're working you're, you're wearing but what does it say above help people
0: Oh, I smoke cigars, and I help people here I'm very here very close closer. Cool. I that. like it. <laughs> and my virtual background kicked me away. Took over. Um, but, yeah, so that that's in there. There's another shirt I think we made uh, that's uh, Hope Through Education. Yeah, Hope Through Education,
4: yeah, hope through education uh, because that's what the yep. charity is all about. Um, but it is all of our apparel. So for the ladies, I have Smoke and Babe um so everything that is smoking day is also included we have phone cases mugs hats shirts um and a hundred percent of the profits will go to the charity so
0: very cool yeah i think we're getting close to a, our first thousand yeah. i believe yeah. and we're getting to our first thousand yeah. that we've already raised so that's it's it's cool stuff and we're really proud of that uh we want to thank everyone who who donated items for the raffle uh, that was that was really generous. That was really kind of those of those uh, those companies to to donate things. You know, a couple of them are, are our partners. Um, so and you know stuff from our own personal collection because you know it, at the end of the day you know stuff stuff you know and uh, you know we wanted to you know share that with other people as well as you know raise money for this cause. So I, I just wanted to hit on that again really quickly, um, and just let everyone know it's still going uh, now through April 30th. Um, we are, are getting towards the end of the show. Before we close out the show, it's been a first of all, it's been a fun show. It's been a great show. Pete's been Pete. You've been an awesome guest. We've had a great time, great conversation. Um, I want to, as I always do, I want to throw the floor to you uh, for anything you want to say, anything you want to promote, anything you want to share, anything you want to tell us, any secrets about anyone, any vendettas you might want to share. This is the time to do it.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, I I really don't have much to say. I mean, and obviously. We have new products coming out, and uh, they'll be out uh, over the next few months. We have uh, the T110 launching actually uh, next week. It's going to probably show up. uh, Well, actually, next week it shows up in Los Angeles. It's on its way to Hawaii. But we have uh, the rest of the batch that we did is going to be coming out sometime in May uh, for the rest of the country the pre-release was just for this retailer in Hawaii named our fields, Marvin Jank. And, uh, I mean, we have a lot of cool things coming up, uh, towards the summer, including new fresh packs that we just finished. And, uh, I don't know. I don't really have much to say other than that. I just want people to enjoy cigars and keep doing what we're doing. I've actually uh, appreciated being on these, these Zoom herbs and or these Skype herbs or, or these interviews because I, I always say that cigar smokers are lonely and we, we need communication with people. And that's never why we go to alone. cigar stores. Yeah. Never smoke alone. Right. That's why we go to cigar stores and want to hang out with people. And because of the world we were living in, we haven't been able to, to really feel that And this is the closest we can do to do uh, to be able to be around people. I was on a hearth last night until 2 AM. Um, so I, I appreciate the time that people take uh, to hang out. So thanks for having me on. It's always good to yeah, see you. we party.
0: appreciate yeah, we appreciate the time you know you, you take to 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 you know just come on and be with us. You know, that's uh, that's awesome. You know, thank you, you know, for your time. You know, you obviously you're a busy guy too. Um, John, anything you want to say? That's a little awesome no, I got uh we've got um, <laughs> what we
2: got? We got Easter coming up. We got Easter coming up this weekend, so that'll be a great Got some good food plan for that i'm doing a leg of lamb i'm doing a picanha chimichurri sauce with that so that's all we got going on food wise cigar wise i'm kind of taking uh the month of april um and scaling things back just a little bit as, as the industry gets caught up in production there's not a lot uh we can do out there right now as everybody's backed up so i'm scaling back in April. Um, our next Hacking gourmet show isn't until April 12th, but we'll be doing that live here in Orlando with Fred Rui. Uh, both he and I will be on site at the same spot. Uh, so, yeah, no, I've got kind of a laid-back uh, laid weekend planned. And, uh, Pete, thanks for coming on, man. I, we appreciate yeah, thank your the support. support. I appreciate the friendship over the years and the support of me personally. That's been great. And uh, I really enjoyed the cigar tonight, man. I, I've been looking for some Faustos, and um, I've been I got really into them. Again, because of our friend James Spader over at the oh, Blacklist. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's funny, man. I've been watching this show on – it was on CBS in, like, the mid to late 2000s. It was called The Unit. Um, and the guy, Dennis Haysbert, was on it. He's the Allstate spokesman. And he played the main character. There's tons of cigars in that show. Like, there's Arturo Fuente boxes. There's all sorts of stuff that was, you know, real popular in 2006. Some off-brands that don't even exist anymore. Uh, so it was fun to see – uh, see a, a you know brand featured on uh, on television again and prominently like that. And not only was it prominent, the guy's obviously a cigar smoker and knew what he was talking about because he pronounced yeah. everything perfect.
0: And he was specific uh, yeah, was about awesome. it, too. He could have just said, oh, like a tatuaje, but no, he was specific, and he said a tatuaje Fausto.
2: No, they, was like, by the way, I will admit, hmm. the first Fausto <laughs> I've had in over a year, it is definitely a smooth draw, tatuaje Fausto.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a nice plug. I, I I don't know how it came about, but I have a feeling it probably came about from uh, There's a store in West Hollywood called V-Cut Smoke Shop. And that's where kind of like a lot of uh, TV writers hang out and smoke. And I think Spader actually goes there uh, to enjoy cigars himself. So it was cool.
0: So for the record, you had no prior knowledge of that being said on on the show. You know, it's it's funny
1: because <laughs> I I uh I almost want to remember that that someone called like a, a buddy of mine said, hey, my buddy's writing an episode for a show. He didn't tell me what it was, but he wants to put one of your cigars in there. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Like, and I think it might have stemmed from that. But I
3: mm-hmm.
1: I have to thank them. I have to actually text my friend who's a who is a fairly well known writer who who wrote the American Pie series mm-hmm. and. Uh, and ask him, hey, did you help out with this? Did you... <laughs> was that, <laughs> that was really I, like, cool? Man. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was remember I was watching the show as I watched that with my father when I'm up in Maine visiting there. So we were watching the show and I paused it because I knew what scene it was on. I said, "You're about to hear something really cool." I go, you "Remember that gentleman, Pete Johnson? I tell you about that's from you know originally from Maine." I go, "This guy, I go, I go, Reddington's about to mention his cigar." He's like, "Oh man," he goes, "That was so awesome." He's like, "Do we have any of those downstairs?" And I'm like, "No, I'm going to get some."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Cool. Is there uh, anything you would like to share with us that we haven't already said?
4: Yeah, so we're going to be announcing our April schedule soon for Smoking Tobacco. We have uh, Joe Grow from Drew Estate first week. Um, we have Sean Williams, Cohiba second week. Third week is a mystery guest. Um, we will... I guess surprise you with that, um, and then the yep. last week we will be doing our May Day Eve uh, massacre uh, redemption um, uh, because it will be officially our one year anniversary for smoke and tobacco. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we're <laughs> excited. We're almost we're almost there. We're almost that. And one I year might ours. have a, it's
2: crazy. I might. Yeah, I might have a mystery guest plan for that one too. So you never know what I'm. I'm, I'm uh-huh. doing the production on that one. So we've got some graphics that I'm already working on. We're going to put on a party and I may have a couple special guests. You never know. So stay tuned for the one year anniversary episode for sure.
1: Couple of special guests. Yeah. Hey, John, John, I have a question for John real quick. Uh, Am I going to see you? uh, Actually, we, my wife and I will be there. But uh, the cathedral, May 22nd in Tampa. I know Antonio, Tony's going to be there. You'll be there. I will be there as well. So, yeah, if I don't see you before, we'll see you uh, we'll see you in May for their their uh, grand opening. That's going to be a blast, man. What a great group yeah, it's of got lined up. Great group of people. Just be, happy to be part of it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's, it it's,
2: if you haven't been up there yet, it's over the top. And I know you said you're going to Tampa soon. Make sure you swing by and, and check it out. It's certainly one of the more unique places in the country.
1: Yeah, very cool.
4: And we'll be doing a bunch of lives, too, the first week of May because we are doing a smoke and tobacco tour of Florida the first week of May. So... We will be there.
2: We will Break be hard. down there. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a blast. We're gonna do Miami yeah. for a couple days, work up the East Coast, go to Orlando, and then we're gonna do uh, do a trip in uh, in Tampa. We had the uh, you know, we had Angela on the show here about a month ago now, uh, so we're looking forward to getting them down there too. So hey, who knows? We might run into Miami, Pete. Yep.
1: yep. Very cool. Absolutely. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> well. Guys, that was a, uh, another great show. Thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in. As always, like and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, follow us on Instagram, and we'll
3: see you next week with Joe Grow. Bye, guys.